Ms. Ellis would like to exercise her right of allocution and make a brief statement to the court. All right. Uh, so I think I would typically have that as part of the record before we finalize everything. So at this point, um, Ms. Ellis, you're not required to do so in any way. Uh, but if you would like uh, to add anything to the record or, or address the court, you're certainly willing to do uh, able to do so. And, and now would be the appropriate time. Now, if, you, if I may approach, I have it in writing what she's about to say. I, I, have one, I have one attached to States Exhibit 1. Is that the same? Oh, yeah. You have it already. Okay. And so would, would there be, would the intention be that this also be going into the record as States Exhibit 1, the written form? Okay. All right. Thank you, Mr. Hope. Thank you, Your Honor, for the opportunity to address the court. As an attorney who is also a Christian, I take my responsibilities as a lawyer very seriously, and I endeavor to be a person of sound moral and ethical character in all of my dealings. In the wake of the 2020 presidential election, I believed that challenging the results on behalf of President Trump should be pursued in a just and legal way. I endeavored to represent my client to the best of my ability. I relied on others, including lawyers with many more years of experience than I, to provide me with true and reliable information, especially since my role involved speaking to the media and to legislators in various states. What I did not do, but should have done, Your Honor, was to make sure that the facts the other lawyers alleged to be true were in fact true. In the frenetic pace of attempting to raise challenges to the election in several states, including Georgia, I failed to do my due diligence. I believe in and I value election integrity. If I knew then what I know now, I would have declined to represent Donald Trump in these post-election challenges. I look back on this whole experience with deep remorse. For those failures of mine, Your Honor, I have taken responsibility already before the Colorado Bar who censured me, and I now take responsibility before this court and apologize to the people of Georgia. Thank you. And then thank you, Ms. Ellis, for sharing that all too often. Uh, I don't get to hear the perspective of the accused in this case, in these cases, and so that's appreciated. Thank you, Your Honor. Is there anything else, Mr. Hogue, that you would like to have as part of the record? No, Your Honor. Ms. Ellis, I have a few uh, questions that I have to go over with you. Do you understand the nature of this charge that as it's been reaccused against you? I do. And you heard the rights that you would waive by going forward with this plea. Do you still wish to waive those rights? Yes. And are you pleading guilty today because you agree that there is a factual basis as outlined by the state to support this guilty plea? I do. Mr. Hogue, uh, are you satisfied your client is competent and, under and that this plea is uh, understanding, voluntary, and that there is a sufficient factual basis to support it? I am, Your Honor. Uh, Ms. Ellis, do you have a weapons carry license of any kind in this state or any other? I do not. Well, I find that there is a sufficient factual basis for the charges, and I find that this plea of guilty is knowingly, voluntarily, and intelligently entered. Uh, Ms. Ellis, you've asked to be sentenced under the First Offender Act, uh, which is a request that I will approve, and I'll withhold adjudication. Uh, but I do have to notify you that uh, you can't withdraw your plea simply because you don't uh, abide by the terms of the sentence. And the terms of the sentence would be as uh, negotiated and agreed to by both parties. On the sole count of aiding and abetting false statements and writings, the sentence would be five years probation. You're to pay a $5,000 fine to the Georgia Secretary of State's office within 30 days of uh, the entry of the final disposition in this case. You're to complete 100 hours of community service. 
uh, you are to cooperate with the state and testify truthfully in any further legal proceedings in this case. And you're not to have any contact either personally or through other agents uh, with the media or any co-defendants or witnesses, I believe, in this case, as was outlined. We will include the language uh, that is sent to us subsequently from Ms. Young, of course, with Mr. Hogue um, attached on that email to make sure that it is the exact language as agreed to by both parties. Uh, as uh, requested by counsel as a first offender sentence, this would be automatically sealed upon entry and there'll be a behavioral incentive date of uh, three years as well. I've been provided a motion to null pros the counts on the underlying indictment in 23 SC 188947 and uh, I'm signing that now. Is there anything else from the state that you believe we need to have on the record in this case? Judge, and if I misspoke, I said it should be a $5,000 restitution because the max fine is only $1,000. Excuse me, that's right. I may have missed. No, no, that was my mistake. So it is a $5,000 uh, restitution. I didn't hear a fine. There is no fine, Judge. Okay, understood. Anything else I need to clarify or may have, obviously we will, as I mentioned, go off the language that we're provided subsequent to this hearing. Anything else from the state, though? No, Your Honor. Okay, and Mr. Hogue, anything else we should have on the record? Take your time. It's our understanding there won't be any travel restrictions as a part of her probation. I want to just make that clear record that there's no misunderstanding or dispute about that. She lives out of state. No, understood. This has been, this is uh, sometimes a challenge with uh, out-of-state residents that we have to have things uh, transition and be moved to the out-of-state probation office and they have to accept it as well. And so whatever we can do to facilitate that process, I would like to do, uh, that may mean that if she has a flight today, I don't know if that's going to be possible. Uh, but if I could check in with probation, maybe we can get some insight on predictions of what we can do uh, to get this case transferred to Colorado, I believe you said it was? No, she lives in Florida. In Florida, okay. And we do have flights booked this afternoon. Okay, let's, well, let's see what we can do. So we basically would need a police report or affidavit as we spoke. Um, I would just need to take information from her, a picture and a $100 money order, and then we can kind of get the process started. But until Florida states that they can um, accept her case, uh, she has to stay within Georgia. So if we have everything we need, we can possibly have her report today at two. But if we don't have the indictment, the affidavit, she might have to stay. All right. And when you say, um, we'll, we'll, we'll sort through this, Mr. Hogue. When you say she, after she reports at two o'clock today, potentially, uh, how does that affect the process? Um, so they're going to try to get it started with Florida. And then if Florida states that we have everything and they can take it, she possibly can go back to Florida today. But if we don't have everything that we need and Florida doesn't state that they can take her, then she would have to stay until they give us the go ahead. Okay. Mr. Hogue, what time's that flight? It's at 1.55 p.m., Your Honor. I, I'd like to ask the court to exercise its authority and, and allow her to travel today. She's been on bond this entire time hasn't been that long but she's abided by all the conditions whenever and wherever uh, we had thought perhaps we would have had this done yesterday problem that it is now 
Okay. And uh, any thoughts from the state on including some kind of language, allowing some flexibility here on uh, making sure the probation paperwork is in order? If we don't have any objection, um, we'll stand root on it and let the court uh, make its decision. Ms. Pizellas has complied with everything that the state has asked. Okay. I, I certainly am amenable to that. And I agree that I don't think flight from the jurisdiction is an issue here. So uh, I, we can follow up and, and, and see if we can find other examples and exactly what uh, and how that needs to look. Uh, but we'll work on that after we conclude here. Thank you. All right. Anything else? I already checked in with the state. Uh, last call over to Mr. Hogue. We're good. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, sir. Good luck, Ms. Ellis. We'll be off the record. Thank you. All right, just a huge moment in a Fulton County, Georgia courtroom. Jenna Ellis, former Trump campaign attorney, has pleaded guilty to one count of aiding and abetting false statements in writing. This has to do with the hearing that she attended on December 3rd, uh, 2020 with, importantly, yes. Rudy Giuliani. Why is that so important? Because she made a statement. She delivered an elocution inside the courtroom. Which the judge even said was unusual. Very unusual and emotional when yes. we were listening to it. She says, if I knew then what I do now, I would not have represented Donald Trump. I did not make sure facts other lawyers said were that said were true were in fact true. She says she failed to do due diligence. diligence. The implication there, perhaps, is that she was told things by maybe Rudy Giuliani mm -hmm. that were not true. And now she regrets that she listened.